On this episode of Laying the Points with Farley Betts, it's week one in the NFL, baby. We're going to give out our leans, going to give out a free pick or two, and our free teaser of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL is back. Let's fucking go. up everybody and welcome back to laying the points with farley bets it is hard not to be in a really good mood because i'm recording this on wednesday morning september 6th which means we are only one day away from the kickoff of the new nfl season for me it's the best time of the year i love when fall comes too even though it's 95 degrees and humid here in the northeast hopefully that fall weather comes soon What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening in. My name is Chris R. Farley, a.k.a. at FarleyBets on Twitter, on Instagram, not on TikTok anymore. Fuck a TikTok. And we'll be here with you every week going over our weekly analysis of the NFL market. We'll also give out a free pick or two, a lot of leans, and our free teaser of the week every single week here on Laying the Points with Farley Bets. Before we get to all that, Aside from following me, of course, at Farley Bets, let's go over, let's do a little housekeeping, if you will. We handicapped a lot of sports this summer, WNBA, CFL, tennis, UFC, NFL preseason, and we ended up very much in the black. In the WNBA, plus 8.41 units. In the CFL, plus 7.93 units. In tennis and UFC, very slightly in the red, minus 0.14. In tennis, minus 0.66 in the UFC. And then we got plus 4.8 units in the NFL. That's about right there at the 20-unit mark for a summer handicapping. You know, we're talking two and a half months, really, by the time the WA, WNBA, and tennis got into full swing. We will take a plus 20-unit summer all day, every day, because really these are ancillary sports compared to the megalith the monster that is the NFL and the NFL market. And then, of course, we specialize in the NBA as well. But for now and throughout the NFL season, we will only be talking our NFL picks on laying the points with Farley Betts. Sometimes I'll have a guest on this show. Sometimes, or I should say most of the time, I probably won't. Because here's the thing, right? What I'm learning in this industry with how busy these sports can be, and I'm always learning how to not overpromise, right? But if I stand here and I go to all of you, hey, throughout the NFL season, throughout the fall, I'm going to have dynamic guests every single week, multiple shows. But, you know, inevitably, I'm going to disappoint you at some point. Right. In order to be the best handicapper I can be, I have premium clients with picks to give out. By the way, send me a DM at Farley Bets if you're interested in our NFL package, because we are going to do really well this year. I love our perspectives. I love our preparation. But anyway. The the grind that is handicapping as it is, there's only so much you can do in a given week, week to week in the NFL. I have a six-month-old. I got other gigs as well. There's a lot going on. So one podcast a week from your boy Farley Betts, but I promise it'll be jam-packed. And it's it's my unique perspective and takes, right? I mix in a lot of psychology. 
it's obviously a lot of market analysis increasingly that I'm getting better and better at. Um, so, you know, if, if you like the way that I approach it, listen to me. If you want to use it as a contrarian perspective or maybe the NFL plays that you want to fade because you think this guy sucks, use it for that. Sounds good. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating or whatever you do on Apple. I'd appreciate that. And we'll just move on. With that, NFL week one, let's get right to it. The very first game of the NFL season, the Detroit Lions, after a fantastic end to their season last year, ending the Green Bay Packers playoff hopes. I mean, that that's only a high-character team that plays that hard, knowing they couldn't get into the playoffs in that final week. Going to Kansas City, to Arrowhead, to face the Super Bowl champs, and this game is already really interesting because we already knew that Chris Jones is holding out right now, probably is not going to play in week one. Uh, from everything that I've heard, reliable sources, he is far from a deal with the Chiefs. And now Travis Kelsey hyperextends his knee. It's a nuanced injury that could be, you know, there's a wide spectrum of how serious that can be. But there's no denying, guys, like Kelsey, Chris Jones, arguably the two non-QB most important players on that team. And I don't think it's arguable, right? Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is everything for the Chiefs, but his go-to is Kelsey. They have a group of wide receivers that are very young. You know, it's, it's again, a new combination of wide receivers this year. And now on, on defense, you talk about a player on defense that may, probably had the single biggest impact on the Super Bowl throughout the playoffs, maybe of any team, Chris Jones. That dude is a monster. And, you know, you compare him to, like, the Eagles defensive line, let's say, or the Cowboys front seven. Sure, they've got a lot of great players too, but Chris Jones is by far the best defensive lineman on the Kansas City Chiefs, and he still gets pressure. He still makes game-changing plays. Double teams, he navigates it. He finds a way around it. He will be missed if he's not in this game. Travis Kelsey will be missed. And both of them look like a fat chance at this point. You know, they have to be careful with Travis Kelsey all season, right? So instantly we see a market reaction. It was it was seven for a little bit this summer. It's been six and a half for a while. Now it's anywhere from four and a half to five and a half point favorites for the Chiefs. Um, I think if you got six and a half or seven, you're in a good spot with the Lions. I'll just say that, right? You You want to be on that side. Uh, the Lions were already going to be feisty in this game, I think, right? This is a growing team. I think their offense is going to be humming. They're not going to have any – they shouldn't have a lot of pressure in this game on Jared Goff because that Lions offensive line is is probably top three in the NFL. They were fantastic last year. Now there's no Chris Jones probably on the Chiefs, right? So it's a good setup for the Lions who want to make a statement and prove that it's not just hype. Value is in the Lions here, probably even on the line where it sits now. But again, if you got six and a half or seven in your back pocket, kudos to you before that line moved. All right, the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. This line's around nine and a half, ten, depending on the book, in favor of the Baltimore Ravens, of course, at home. Totals 43 and a half to 44. If you're going to look at Houston in this game, which I, you know, admittedly, that's a scary pick. That's obviously a team, probably going to be a try hard team, right? I think D'Amico Ryans as a head coach former Houston Texans player, great defensive coach. I think he's going to be a good coach, right? It seems like one of those guys can that 
can really relate to the boys, right? He's not very old. Um, so maybe you look at Houston early in this game. That secondary is going to be the strength of the team. A lot of young talent there for the Texans in the, the backfield of their defense. The front seven, though, it's going to need a lot of work. C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, is going to be a bust. And I think we're going to see that in week one, right? This is a Ravens defense. It's still pretty damn good. A lot of great names on this team if they could put it all together on defense. And I say maybe look at Houston in the first half because maybe Lamar Jackson and his new group of wide receivers are going to take a second to, to really get fluid out there, right? It's, it, these things don't happen overnight. I don't care how good your practice and preseason has been. This is week one in the NFL. Every team is dying to win dying to start their season on a high note. And the Houston Texans are probably going to be the most well-coached unit out there on the field, right? They're, they're not the most talented, but the Baltimore offense, it's new. It's under Tom Munkin. I think he's going to be good for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens ultimately, but it's the first week of the season. It's, it's, it's brand new. The Ravens defense incurred a lot of injuries last year. They're still kind of forming and storming chemistry. Maybe Houston early in this game. But, you know, ultimately, I think the Ravens probably surge at the end. Not going to touch this total. Don't know what to do with that. It's kind of stuck right there in the middle of two key numbers, uh, which is which is probably right. So lean Baltimore, ultimately lean Houston early, not touching that game. And just to let you all know, obviously, I have premium picks on a lot of these games. I'm not going to tell you what those premium picks are. That wouldn't be fair to my clients. I'm going to have a lot of leans. You're, you're already hearing that right in the things that I say. And we'll just go from there. I will give out a free pick or two. And this very first game is going to feature one of my free picks, which is going to be one of my teasers of the week. And that's going to be to tease up the Pittsburgh Steelers from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Pittsburgh Steelers at home, still plus two and a half in this. And let me just uh, change my screen here and make sure uh, the total is around 40. So, you can get this still at plus two and a half at quite a few books. Uh, I'm seeing it still that at FanDuel. I believe Caesars still has it at two and a half. Uh, again, recording this Wednesday morning. So uh, actually, it might just be FanDuel and DraftKings that still have this at two and a half. Uh, but you want to grab the two and a half and tease it six points for the Steelers. Look, this is a dangerous game for the 49ers. Uh, Nick Bosa. He's been around with the team, but hasn't signed a contract yet as of Wednesday morning. Hopefully for San Francisco, that works out. But even if it works out, you know, hasn't really been a part of the team. Maybe he's not in the same shape as he should be. And now you're going up against TJ Watt, who's who has some pride, by the way. Probably could have been defensive player of the year last year if he didn't get injured. TJ Watt is, I mean, just one hell of a player. Changes that defense. The defense got better this offseason for Pittsburgh. I think their offense is going to be better. I like Kenny Pickett. You've probably heard me talk about him before. Kid can make throws, has moxie. It's at home. We've seen this team, Pittsburgh, play at home in week one. Their last loss was 2019, and that was against the, yeah, is either 2018 or 2019, but it was against the all-world Patriots with Tom Brady still. This is a team that upset the Bills two years ago. This is a team that upset the Bengals last year. And I think they're very dangerous at home. Could win this game straight up. So love teasing them to plus eight and a half. That is the first leg of my teaser of the week. At the total, I think it's right. That's a key number at 41. Um, could go under, could go over. That one's really tough to call. 
Weather should be fine. No play on the total, but tease up the Steelers, and I'll give you my second teaser a little bit later on. The Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. This is anywhere from Commanders minus 7 to minus 6. Totals around 38, 38 and a half. Um, the, my, you know, my question here is how much does, does Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals care? I mean, it's week one, right? I think they want to care. Uh, but the video that I saw from Jonathan Gannon, that coach, it's, it is a little cringy. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to relate to these players. Um, no Kyler Murray, obviously. So they're playing with a really, you know, beat up QB room. Uh, you know, the young draft pick is probably going to play. I, don't, I forget his name. I mean, for Christ's sake, uh, that's the situation that it is. This is a team that does not have a lot of depth on defense, especially. Meanwhile, morale is high in D.C. on the commanders. But a lot is unknown in this game, even on their side. Terry McLaurin could miss this game with a turf toe. Chase Young as a stinger. That dude is always getting injured, you know, for his sake. Sorry, fixing my mic. For his sake, I hope that um, he can stay healthy, right? Because Washington's defense can really go to the next level if Chase Young is healthy this season. Seven is a little too much for me. I'm leaning to the under in this game because I don't see Arizona scoring a lot of points. That's a very good Washington defense still for the most part, even without Chase Young. Leaning to the under. Can't take a seven on Washington, but I think they make a pretty good teaser leg too. Maybe something to consider this weekend. Um, nothing official on this game to give out in this show. The Buccaneers at the Vikings. Vikings are minus six to six and a half in the marketplace right now. Total is at 45 and a half, pretty locked in there in most books. Uh, my first comment is people, I think, are, are overthinking this game. I'm hearing a lot of like, oh, the Minnesota last year, a lot of one score wins. Uh, I know that. Everybody knows that, right? A lot of kind of, um, you know, funky, uh, maybe you know, fake news type of wins, right? One score games. I get what they have like 10 one score game wins, like something like that. Um, that's never going to happen again, right? That's, that's, I mean, never say never in the NFL, but it probably won't happen this year. But the thing is, it's still the Minnesota Vikings at home. They were eight and two as a home team last year. They smoked the Green Bay Packers at home last year. That's, that's a better team than what Tampa Bay is going to be. You got Baker Mayfield playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by the way. Baker Mayfield starting a quarterback. And I think Brian Flores, who Greg Cassell has said, that's going to be an entirely different defense, a different scheme. You're not going to be able to game plan for it. And we're talking about Baker Mayfield, who still thinks he's athletic, likes to play backyard football, likes to think he has a superior arm. He does not, folks. We have seen that before. We've seen him behind a top five offensive line with the Cleveland Browns a few years ago, and he still couldn't move the ball consistently down the field. The Vikings are going to win this game at home. That is the second leg of my teaser of the week for all of you. Tease up the Steelers, the plus eight and a half. Blip, blip, boo. Tease up the Steelers. For God's sake, the plus eight and a half. Tease down the Vikings to a win. Six-point teaser. Love that in week one. I know, everybody, that the Vikings were phony last year, but we get to tease this down just to them winning this game at home against this Bucks Baker Mayfield and this Bucks team. Sign me up. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are plus five at home, plus four and a half at some books. Totals around 45. 
this is a dangerous game, in my opinion, for the Jaguars, who are not going to have a great idea of what these Indianapolis Colts are going to do at home, what Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen are, are cooking up. Because what I like about Anthony Richardson, from, from what I've seen, is the kid has poise. Like the kid, it didn't seem like the game was too big for him. In fact, in the preseason, you know, even at that spot at Philadelphia, right? Like he was playing against some first team players in the Philly defense. Big spot for him in his final preseason game. And he looked pretty good. He looked good, right? And even if it wasn't the first string completely through for the Eagles, they they got a lot of depth, right? Those are good players there for Philly. The blocking was okay. His poise was good. Didn't make any big mistakes. And he's, you know, he's a he's a teachable kid. If anything, he looks bigger than football, right? He has that Cam Newton type of frame, athletic kid. Uh, looks like he could just be a big star. I think he's going to be a really interesting opponent week one for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who completely shat on the Colts last season. Trevor Lawrence did whatever he wanted on this team. I like Shane Steichen as a head coach. He transformed Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert, Herbert was already clearly an all-world talent, but he really refined him. Jalen Hurts reached a new level under Shane Steichen. I think the Eagles are going to miss him. I think he does great things for their offense and for Anthony Richardson in week one. And they're at home with so much time to prepare. The only way I can look at that game is the Colts. No official play for me on that game yet. But as you can tell, I, I feel strongly that they could really put up a fight. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are they were good last year. They got a playoff win. And I think they got better in the offseason. I'm not sure how good that Colts defense is going to be this year. They've been devolving a bit the past few seasons. And I don't think they did that much in the offseason to improve their defense. So Trevor Lawrence could slice and dice them, right? For a devil's advocate opinion, um, he's done it before and he could do it again. So I'm not saying I love the Colts, but that's the way I'm leaning right now. Because we get the points, it's week one at home. It's a divisional rivalry. And I think Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson might be pretty damn good. Right, like Anthony Richardson is going to make some mistakes this season, obviously. You can see that in his game. Like He's kind of learning on the job a little bit, but he's not scared. And he's a great athlete, and he's got some, some real talent. It's going to be an interesting team to watch. The Tennessee Titans at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are minus three to minus three and a half. Totals 41 to 41 and a half. This is a really tough game to handicap, really hard. Uh, Saints, I think, are going to be better. Saints could be the number one or number two seed in the NFC because of how easy their schedule is an improving defense, a young defense with a defensive coach. And now they have a grown up at quarterback and Derek Carr, who I think like there's a fire lit under that guy's ass. He wants to get some revenge on his previous situation you know, prove that he is the franchise quarterback that he's, he certainly seems like he is or has been on so many occasions in the past. I like the saints this year. But don't sleep on the Titans, right? Uh, they did revamp their O-line in the offseason. I think it's going to be better, especially run blocking wise. Uh, you know, they got the tight ends. They got more depth on the O-line to help with that. And as always, right, Vrabel, the way he coaches his defense, this is going to be a better defense than advertised. They still have some really good players on that defense. DeAndre Hopkins, listen, I think he could still be a top five wide receiver if he stays healthy. We, you know, it, it's it's amazing how quickly because of new talent coming in, right? Obviously, Justin Jefferson 
right now, I think is on a different level along with Jamar Chase. But this is still a really good wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Just because he's a little older, just because he's a little injured, I think he's going to be a go-to target for Tannehill over there. And we'll see what they do eventually at quarterback. But if you're getting three and a half in the Titans, I would lean that way. You know, this is probably a game that ends on three. You know, like if I got, if I had a two and a half on the Saints and a three and a half on the Titans, I would feel pretty good. Bengals and the Browns at Cleveland. We've seen a lot of line movement here, right? Because Joe Burrow got injured in the preseason. Uh, what was that? A little like ankle sprain or something. Um, I forget, but or, or like a or like a knee sprain. I don't know. Something in his leg, some kind of sprain, minor injury. Apparently, he looks great. He's been practicing, but I don't like it that Joe Burrow again didn't play in a lot of preseason. Again, didn't let it didn't get a lot of reps with the first team leading up to this season before this prior week and the Browns play the Bengals hard, right? Remember that game last year? I think it was on my birthday, late October. I think it was a Monday night game. The Browns just absolutely dominated the Bengals. They're not scared of the Bengals. They're at home. I just don't know what to expect from Deshaun Watson, right? Like the guy clearly has a high ceiling. He was a top five quarterback in this league a few years ago. No doubt about it. I mean, the guy has, has a huge arm. Uh, his accuracy was getting better and better. His athleticism is through the roof. He looks downfield. I mean, he, even for the Houston Texans, a team that was, you know, barely good enough to make it to the playoffs and most years not even close, he stood out, right? Like he he gave them a chance to win. If we see that version of Watson, they could absolutely win this game. I think they make a great teaser leg, but it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They know about some of their slip-ups at the start of the season like last year against the Steelers, overtime loss, you know, like what, like five or six or seven sacks on Burrow. So like he was getting just absolutely annihilated that whole game. Um, you know, you're going up against someone like Miles Garrett. Uh, you better be ready. This is going to be the classic AFC North battle. I kind of like the under 47 and a half. I did not play it. Um, but you know, you got to figure it's going to be a battle, probably a slow start for both offenses lean to the Bengals, but the Browns could be very feisty here. All right. Now this one hasn't moved in a while. Now Atlanta Falcons minus three and a half at home total Panthers and the Falcons at 39 and a half. You know, the reason why this total is so low, I think is, is kind of speaking to what the odds makers, what the books think about Carolina's offense. Cause let's face it. Uh, Bryce Young did not look comfortable, very average. And it looked like the game was moving fast for him. Like he was trying to get rid of that ball pretty quickly in the preseason. Atlanta's defense, when you talk about a reload, probably the biggest reload or the most overhauled and improved unit of any team in the NFL this offseason. Falcons could be very feisty on defense. Carolina might not score very much. I lean to the under in this game. The Falcons are pretty damn talented. It's just a matter of question is how ready is Desmond Ritter going to be for the Falcons? He, he played well last season at the end of the season, but not, not enough for me to be like, oh yeah, this is the guy. Yeah, I could trust this guy. I mean, <laughs> it's a, a ton of talent on this offense, but like Carolina, we know they can step it up on defense. We've seen it before, upset a lot of teams before, especially in their division. Um, so, you know, I have a strong lean on Atlanta for this game, but 
Um, always feisty is Carolina. I just don't know if Bryce Young has scored many points in this game. The Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots. Plus four are the Patriots. Plus three and a half at some books are the Patriots. And I mean, this line was what? Five, five and a half at some point. Um, maybe it was up to six. I got to check on that. But uh, point is, line movement has been suggesting that the Sharps, big money, sharp money, likes the Patriots in this game at home. And, you know, not trying to be a homer, not trying to hate on Philly. But I, I kind of agree with that. Um, the Patriots at home with an off season, basically to plan for this game against an Eagles offense, especially that's now without Shane Steichen, you know, when, when Nick Sirianni was calling the plays for the Eagles, it didn't look quite as good before Shane Steichen came there. And now you're going up against the Patriots defense with an offensive coordinator that doesn't have a lot of pro experience. And listen, this is a coaching league. I realize how talented the Eagles are. And that's why I'm not like jumping all over the Patriots. Even, you know, even at plus five, plus five and a half, like I get it, right? The Eagles are so talented and could be potentially even more explosive on offense that it's it's tough to think that the Eagles are going to be kept down this whole game or that they can't still win this game by some margin especially with Mac Jones and an an offense of the Patriots that's still a little under-talented. And I I don't know how well they're going to be able to move the ball against the very talented Eagles defense. But you can hear it in my voice, and this is my free pick for all of you. I like the under in this game. The Eagles defense, they might have some retribution on their mind after really letting down the entire team against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Now they got Jalen Carter, who looks like a monster already. Looks already looks unstoppable among NFL veterans. <laughs> That's a scary, scary thing. I mean, this was a historic defensive line last season. I believe the most sacks as a team in, in league history in one season. Uh, they might they might beat the record again this year. I mean, this is going to be a very talented Eagles defense that I think might be leaned upon more as maybe Jalen Hurts starts to miss Shane Steichen more. Love, you know, Jalen Hurts is a great player a lot of talent on offense, but they're going to see a lot better defenses this year, starting week one against the Patriots. I mean, the Eagles have to face the AFC East. They obviously the NFC East and, and I mean, the defenses in the NFC East are some of the best in the NFL between the Cowboys and Eagles. Giants are not going to be slouches and you can make an argument that Washington could be top five by the end of the season, at least as well. Eagles are going to go up against tough defenses. I think they're going to get off to a slow start. I like the under in this game at 45, you know, 47 or 41 are key numbers. Your 44 can, can, you know, it can be a prevalent number as well. So at least you're getting a little over that on this number. Take that soon. I think it could drop even more. Maybe it goes up and then you get an even better bet, but I like it under 45 Eagles Patriots. That's a free pick for all of you for week one, the Rams and the Seahawks. I'm going to fly through this one totals around 46, 46 and a half at some books. Seattle is minus five and a half at home. Uh, but let me, you know what? I checked that a few minutes ago. Let me just make sure that's true because this line has been a moving. It is six. It is six at some books on the Rams. Um, so here's the deal. I mean, I, I, I initially I loved the Rams in this spot. It's a divisional game. They're giving them a lot of points. 
They still got some guys. You still have a top-tier coach who's going to be very motivated. Seahawks have a lot of new parts. Maybe that takes a second to really look fluid. But, but, but you know, now we got Cooper Cup, who's seeing a specialist, might not even play in this game. Matthew Stafford apparently has a disconnect with his players. I'm sure he'll be fine. I just don't know how interested he is at playing football anymore, right? Like he declined the option to free up some money on his contract. He's like, no, I'm taking that money. (laughs) I don't know how invested he is in the future of the Rams. Um, So I like it a little bit less, still lean Rams. I I realize a lot of hype on the Seahawks right now could be a really good team. I'm going to have to see it first. You know, Geno Smith and that offense really regressed second half of last season. They were a bad ATS team. They weren't a winning team. He still held them up. Gino played well, but he was still he, he had a much harder time as defenses started to figure him out. I don't think LA, you know, LA, the Rams anyway, are going to have a great defense. Uh, but I'm not as bullish on the Rams anymore here. Lean Rams, lean under. Let's move on. Packers and Bears. This line has been at minus one for a little while now in favor of the Chicago Bears, was as as high as plus three or plus three and a half, I believe, uh, which is kind of hard to believe, uh, you know, at this point. Uh, Maybe it was even up to plus four and a half. I don't know if I'm making that up. Somebody fact-checked me on that. Um, But first of all, I think there might be more points in this game than we think. Like, that would be my lean. Um, Jordan Love, like, wasn't touched in the preseason. Uh, You know, he I think he is going to have – like, I don't think that's fake news. I think the, the Packers offensive line, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, big boy, what's his name with the long hair, who Aaron Rodgers is fucking in love with, Bakhtiari. Um, you know, all sometimes all these names to start the season, like, you know, like a month in, I'm not going to forget any names. But like, uh, David Bakhtiari, yeah, it's a unique name, but like, had to pull that one out of my ass. Anyway, uh, I think the Packer, Packers are going to be a very talented and the and their offensive line that means they're they could est- establish the run game, take some pressure off of Jordan Love. I think Chicago's defense, although it's been improved, and they have a defensive coach and Matt Eberflus. Uh, you know, again, we haven't really seen consistency yet, so I'm not going to just assume that they're going to be a great defense who's going to be able to stop the Packers because as long as Jordan Love doesn't make crazy mistakes, which he looks poised, he looks ready. I, I, you know, this is a very winnable game for Green Bay. Uh, you know, if you have a plus four or plus three and a half in your back pocket in the Packers, that's awesome. Um, because obviously the lines should be moving in their favor. There's just a lot of assumptions on the Chicago Bears right now. And Justin Fields has yet to prove, I mean, I know everybody's saying it, but let me be another one to say it. He has yet to prove that he can make the throws when it matters, right? Like you have to be able to make and convert like third down and eight. You know, like, is he going to be able to do that consistently without using his legs? And defenses are going to be spying and watching for him to use his legs. It's going to work sometimes. It ain't going to work all the time. I think the Packers could be ripe for a, in quotation marks, upset here on Sunday. Dolphins and Chargers. This is locked in at three with a total of 51. Um, With the Chiefs and the Lions, easily the highest total of the week. I think this could be an instant classic. I think there's more value on the Dolphins. We saw how strongly they started last season against, you know, three Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, they beat the Ravens. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Bills. I mean, that really impressive stuff to start the season 
for the Dolphins last year. Mike Mike McDaniel's is a good coach, and his team is healthy. You know, uh, except for obviously Jalen Ramsey on defense. This is a this is a very talented defense still, a very fast offense, and this is Kellen Moore's first real showing, obviously with Justin Herbert, the new offensive coordinator for the Chargers, Kellen Moore. Um, maybe that's not fluid right away, right? And and I really don't trust Brandon Staley. So I think I think the value is in the Dolphins, and this is sort of a revenge game. If you remember last year, the Chargers beat up on Tua a few interceptions in that game. Just one of Tua's worst games of the season was last year against these Chargers. So could be an instant classic. Uh, I think it's going to be a field goal game. So then if that's the case, Value is on the Dolphins. Vegas at Denver. This one is locked in at minus four for the Denver Broncos at this point, although we are starting to see some minus three and a halfs out there. Um, You know, Sean Payton, as we've heard reported, an immediate boss there for the Broncos, kind of telling Russell Wilson to stop being cringy and get in, you know, get in his place a little bit. Um, That's great. I mean, that's great for the, Broncos organization because it it was getting awfully cringy there for a long time. You know, you can't just do whatever you want, Russell, just because you've won a Super Bowl and, you know, you used to be relevant. Uh, But anyway, and no one gives a fuck that you're married to Sierra, by the way. I mean, she's hot, but like also not relevant. Uh, But do you trust Vegas here? You know, Chandler Jones is getting locked out of facilities. Josh McDaniels, Jimmy G, like we'll see. You know, they still have Devontae Adams, but I don't believe in this defense at all. But four points. You, you know, you just got to think four points is a lot for a Denver Broncos team that really needs to turn basically the entire ship around from what we saw last season. Javante Williams being healthy is a good thing for the Broncos. He was ready for a big year at running back last season. Uh, they still have talent. Russell Wilson could even play better. Apparently he's leaner. Um, so, you know, some hype on the Broncos, maybe, but I'm not trusting it yet. Lean Raiders, nothing on the total for me at 44. Dallas Cowboys at my New York Giants. Another th- game that I think could be an instant classic because the Giants are going to be really interesting here. I think Dallas is going to be really interesting this year. I think Dallas could represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this, this season. That's kind of how I think things are going to go. This has been a quieter offseason for Dallas. They're extremely talented in offense. I think they're starting to navigate the mistakes or the mistake-prone habits that Dak Prescott has. Like they're starting to be like, all right, we got to start thinking about this. You know, they're just smartening up a little bit. I think Mike McCarthy calling the plays is going to get him more integrated. I think he's he's pretty good at that. You know, we saw him succeed with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, a different situation, but a lot of talent here for the Cowboys as well. I just think if you got a three and a half on the Giants. I think that's a good perspective. I think this is a field goal game because it's week one. It's in New York, right? It's September 10th, the night before September 11th. And so both games are, are played there at the New Meadowlands. Um, the Giants are going to have a lot in their back pocket in this game, I think. And the Giants are more talented this year than people think. I think Darren Waller is going to be a difference maker for them. Saquon's happy and grinding, has not missed a practice. Daniel Jones has looked good by all indications. In the you know in in practice joint sessions preseason he's healthy he's happy, um, and that Giants defensive line I don't know about their secondary hopefully, you know hopefully Dak Prescott doesn't air it out 
you know, five times in the beginning of this game and, you know, fucks over my Giants early. <laughs> but, you know, Wink Martindale is going to be sending the house. We know that. My guy at the 33rd team, uh, Jordan Vanek, said that he sent um, all out, you know, zero coverage blitzes, you know, like in, in other words, zero safety help blitzes at like 19% of plays last year, which is insane. So, you know, with a growing defensive line, I think the Giants are going to be feisty on defense, but they could get smoked in this one. I, I think the value is still in the Giants, especially at three and a half. 46 and a half, I would lean to the under. I think both offenses get off to a slower start than we think here. NFC East, classic battle. Two of the biggest markets in all sports. And finally, the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. I have a very specific narrative to how I think this one is going to go. I haven't bet on the Bills just yet, but I'm really strongly considering it because I think this is a perfect, like this is a perfect confluence of factors here. A lot of hype in the Jets. Aaron Rodgers feeling himself. You know, Hollywood shit, right? Hard knocks, all this bullshit. And they are a very talented team. But are we saying that in week one, they're already going to be at this point where they have high chemistry, really fluid, functioning on all cylinders, and they're going to beat the Buffalo Bills, who are a top five offense and defense last season, who, aside from the Chiefs and Eagles, who you know were the two teams in the Super Bowl, were the most consistent and winning team in the NFL last season, along with the Cowboys. You know, Cowboys are up there. We know their flaws. Um, the Bills are a really good team still, <laughs> really, really good team. And they're going to miss Von Miller in this game. I think if, if he was playing, this would be an obvious play because he does so much for that defense just as a, as a leader. But I think the Jets and their run game and their pass blocking is going to experience some real challenges in this game. Strong lean to the Bills, and we'll see if we have a play on it. I wouldn't even tease the Jets in this game. I think it's a dangerous game for the Jets. All right, everyone, that'll do it for laying the points with Farley Bets. Let's go over our teaser and free pick that I gave out already. Steelers, tease them up six points to plus eight and a half. Minnesota Vikings, tease them down to zero just to win the game. Vikings, Steelers, six-point teaser. That's our teaser of the week. And our free pick was Eagles, Patriots, under 45 points. I think that's going to be a defensive showcase, like a, maybe like a 23-17 kind of game. Or 2017, something like that. Those, that's our free pick. That was our teaser of the week. Hope you enjoyed laying the points with Farley Bats. We'll be back next week, week two. And look out for some news from the Farley Bats empire, if you will, coming soon. Got some big news. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Next week, the NFL's back, baby. Let's go.